0: Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. Uh, Today we've got Joe Freed, who is a a subject matter expert in trucking accidents. So this is to go along with our theme of uh, how niches within the legal practice can be very, very uh, profitable to a, a law firm. So with that, welcome Joe.
1: Eric, thanks so much for having me. I look forward to our talk.
0: Absolutely. So let's just jump right into it. You are 100% focused on trucking accidents. Uh, If you don't mind, kind of tell us how that came to be.
1: Sure, and it kind of, um, you know, to to tell the full story, I've got to go back, if you can indulge me for a minute or so. um, Historically, you know, when I first started practicing, um, probably like a lot of people, I wondered how I could distinguish myself in this field and really this could apply to any field, but how do you distinguish yourself? And in my case, kind of came to a head. I was at a, at a lawyer meeting, like the ones that you and I have met at before, Eric, uh, where it's, you go and it's literally hundreds, if not thousands of lawyers. And, and my memory of that day is I'm in, this, um, I'm in this room and I'm looking around, it's kind of like a room full of lawyer heads. You know, I'm looking around the room and I'm, 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 I suddenly feel really small. I mean, really small. I'm looking around, saying, "Gosh, this is an intimidating crowd." You know, I mean, look at how successful some of the people in here are. Like, how could I ever compete with that guy over there? You know, he's got a billion-dollar verdict, and and how about that that lady over there? I mean, she's a fourth-generation lawyer. You know, and that guy's, you know, that guy's uncle is the governor, and you know, you get where I'm going. And suddenly. You know, I was that internal voice that that usually never has good things to say to us, right? And it's uh, getting attacked at the core of who I am. Like, So like, what value do you have? I mean, and I remember thinking, I wouldn't hire me. I'd hire that guy over there if I had a case. And about that same time, somebody came to me and said, you know, ask me the question, what does it take to become, to be an expert, to be considered an expert in something? And I thought about it and I answered a PhD and about 20 years of life experience. And he said, well, that, that would certainly qualify somebody, but that's really not what it takes to be viewed as an expert. What it takes is you do have to do some, engage in some kind of study of your own. Um, you do have to write something scholarly of some kind. And then as soon as your peers invite you to stand on a on a platform in front of them, in front of a, you know, on a DS in front of them, in front of a conference, and present on a subject matter. They're holding you up to be an expert, and therefore, by definition, you're an expert, uh, even though it may not mean you have a PhD and 20 years of experience. And for some reason, that made sense to me as a young lawyer, and I went down to the office for the Georgia Trial Lawyers Association to find out who puts on these continuing education programs, who's responsible for putting them on, because maybe that would be an avenue in. I could kind of get an education on how to do that. And I found myself on the committee, and I remember at the time, the person who was running the committee, and I remember saying to him, I know if this is like most committees, there's You and everybody else on the committee and you end up doing all the damn work because it's usually one person who does the work. And he said, Boy, you're absolutely right. And I said, Well, I'm happy to be a worker bee. Just tell me what to do. I really want to learn how this works. And so I did that for a year. And then I think I think it may have been the very next year I was running that because nobody really wants to do it. It's a lot of work. And uh, until somebody finally said, Why don't you present on this topic? I mean, you're doing a lot of X. Or why? At the time, I was a med malpractice lawyer, so I presented on medical malpractice subject. And so, the long and short of it is, you know, when, when you say why, why niche down? Or, I, to me, to me, it has to do with how are you going to answer that ultimate initial question, and that's how do you distinguish yourself in this field? And you're in the marketing field, Eric. So, you know, how, how do you tell people? You know, you got ten law firms, and they all just want you to get them the best case, whatever that means. And that can mean different things to different people, but how how are you going to distinguish as as a professional in your field? And, and and think how confusing it is for members of the public to try to figure out who the right lawyer is when now you know people spend literally tens, and in a couple of cases, I think maybe even a hundred million dollars or more in a year marketing to them. So I don't know if I've answered the question. Certainly not succinctly, but it, it has to do. The reason you niche down is to address that issue of how to distinguish yourself.
0: Yeah, and and I, that's a great background. I think I think having that genesis story of you know why how you came to that, like how am I going to differentiate myself? And when I talk to lawyers, and I don't I ever try to push somebody into a niche, but I I just say, hey, this if if you're looking to distinguish yourself you know, a very specific niche could be, could be a very good avenue to go. So the first thing I get back is they're scared. Like, yeah, Oh my I, God, I, what if I just do this one thing, what about all this, this,
1: this case over here? Or what if somebody has this issue? So I'm trying to talk contra- about contra- that. It's contraintuitive. Um, when I first went to my law partner at the time and said, um, I had two partners at the time and they said, I said, want, I want to market us as the truck crash lawyers. Uh, they, they both looked at me and said, you're effing crazy um, because uh, people are going to, first of all, we're not going to get enough of those cases. And secondly, people are going to forget about us for other kinds of cases. And why would we limit ourselves? And that's the part that's counterintuitive. We think that by limiting ourselves, we're limiting ourselves. And the reality in my experience is that when you, when you limit, you actually remain top of, of mind in that limited area. And you know, so and I told you how this all started for me, but I've gone through a couple of iterations of myself as a lawyer. The first one was I was a med lawyer, but not even that. I was a, I was a, um, I was a brain damaged baby. Lawyer, I, I handled birth trauma cases. That's all I handled, pretty much, as a med mal lawyer, with rare exception. Um, then I I happened into I became an automotive products liability lawyer, but not really. I was a post rear impact fire lawyer for a decade of my life. Think the old Pinto case, these mine mm-hmm. involved Mustangs that were being hit from behind and catching fire. I spent a decade of my life, and even today, talk about subject matter expertise. If you name a car, I'll draw you the fuel containment system, you know, and I would be I, I could I could have a I could have a high level discussion with a fuel system engineer or a chassis engineer for a major uh, you know, company. And I could hold my own because of that level of expertise. I'm not particularly proud of that. It sounds like I'm bragging. I'm not. There are a few, a few idiots who would spend that kind of time as a lawyer you know, doing that. But that's what it took for me. To be that subject matter expert, and then the third iteration of me is 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 as a truck crash lawyer. But you're absolutely right, and and you know, I'll tell you that story too if you're interested. But but um, what you hit on is critically important for anybody who's going to even consider niching down, and that's this idea of am I limiting myself? Um, and there's all kinds of excuses that can come out as, And I don't mean excuses as in you, everybody should niche down, but I honestly do think everybody should niche down because I think that it's very, very hard to be a generalist anymore uh, and to be absolutely top of game because there are going to be people niching down in whatever area you are delving into. And why would you be the better lawyer at that point?
0: And I'm yeah, I, yeah, go ahead. I would assume that when you're talking to a potential client, and they've been in a truck accident or they've been injured by a truck, realizing that this is all you do, and, and I'm sure there's things that you can probably say in that first 10 or 15 minutes that really kind of gives them this confidence, because you're not just saying, oh, I do injuries. You say, oh, I I do truck accidents. And, you know, and I, and another, another conversation we had, you kind of went into some, some things that blew my mind about just understanding how a truck works. You know understanding the braking system and you know the things that can go wrong you're you're starting well 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 ahead of the pack of someone who might have never done a truck accident case before and doesn't have that subject matter expertise that you do so I assume that helps when you're talking
1: to a potential client that hey this is what I do it, it helps it helps not only with the client it helps at every stage it helps with whoever the opposing um, party is it helps with their lawyers it helps with with experts. It helps with I mean, I have, I mean, I you know, at this point in my career, I mean, I have um, I mean I handle cases on the plaintiff side, but I, I have experts every single week from across the country who I've who I've come to know. They call me as their colleague. What do you think about X Joe? I mean, what do you I have I have defense people, people who I are sort of my arch nemeses, if you will, although I tend to get along with people, um, who Call me and say, you know, I represent a trucking company. I just had, to, I just got off this, this call before getting on with you. I got a call with a, a lawyer who I've known a long time. He's on the defense side. We've crossed swords several times. He represents a company. He called me up because this company wants to do it right. And they're asking me, I'm not going to get into the specifics because I don't want to give the, it would become apparent who it was. That's not fair. But um, they want to do it right. How would you attack them in this area? I give I give my time all the time. So the at the end at the end of what you're saying, though, getting to your point is, it's very true. If you if you focus on one thing and you really do become a subject matter expert in it, and it helps you get the case. I mean, how do I I can compete? I don't. There's there are lots of lawyers out there who have gotten bigger results in one-off cases maybe than I have. You know. At this point I've done okay for myself and my clients but but within trucking there's I, I would hold myself up to anybody and I'll and I'm gonna be at the top of that that field because it's a it's a I'm a big fish in a small pond. I get that. I'm not trying to to um uh, to overstate my myself here but it really means everything when it comes to the client and they do see I think it's a credibility thing. I mean, I think what they see is I'm not just a lawyer in this field. I'm a safety advocate in this field. I put myself through truck driving school. I put myself through the the training of a certified safety director in in, in trucking. I mean, I've stu- I study this industry. I study the training. I get into trucks regularly. I'm the lawyer who, you know, I dressed up for you today, but usually I'm the guy. I won't stand up to show you the rest, but um, <laughs> but I'm the guy with broken fingernails and dirt under my fingernails. Cause I'm in the, I'm in the, in the field. And so I think it's huge and it gives you a lot to work with too. Doesn't it also, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to be my marketing person, then how do, how do you distinguish me it has to start with me to some degree, doesn't it? I have to have things that are distinguishable. Yeah, absolutely.
0: We, we are looking always when we're doing kind of a, due diligence with a potential client. We want to know what separates them. Exactly what you're saying is what we want to do. Because if I can't differentiate you between you and the next firm or the next firm, people just get lost, you know, and the internet, it's so easy to click the back button and just go to somebody else. But if I can take some of the things that you just described, and and I, and I you do speaking engagements all over, right? Like that. those are things that, that kind of elevate you in front of the eyes of of not just your potential client, but your peers like, oh, I, I'm going to go to Joe for this because he he knows I saw him speak at such and such. And I realized a long time ago that, you know, the relationship you create with what you might consider a competitive law firm, you know, a year later, two years later, that might be the person who refers you to this case because they saw you speak. They they know that you're that subject matter expert and and that. It comes back to pay itself in, in multiples.
1: It does. And, and you know, it's just the right way to live either way. And, and you know, from my perspective, I mean, I give a lot of my time away and um, I'm blessed because I can afford to do so, I mean, because I've gotten paid very well on things that I've been involved in. But I get called all the time by really, really fine lawyers and I get to collaborate with them truly in a team capacity. And I bring my, my little special sauce to their special sauce. I know mean, that sounds Cliche to say, but you know, I mean, it's um, there the world, our world in in litigation, legal world, is becoming more and more niche niche based, and it used to be that the niches were were they were bigger slices, like you would say, I'm a bankruptcy lawyer, or I'm a PI lawyer, or I'm a whatever, and then within PI, you might say, well, I'm a med malware uh, but then within MedMal, you might say, "Well, I'm a birth trauma lawyer, and I I have friends, and I've I've mentored people along the way, who 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 because um, uh, I do a lot of mentoring to people who are trying to niche down and figure out where they want to go, um, you know." And it shouldn't be just a money decision; it should really be your passion. I mean, how, wouldn't your life be awesome if you could spend your your time and make your money doing? What you love doing and what you care most about, what you're truly passionate about, um, and that passion can't just be making money. Although maybe that works, it wouldn't work for me. Anyway, I'm kind of all over the place. But
0: you know, no, I think this is. I think you're you're all over the place in the niche, which I think is really the the nuance that people want to know. It's okay. How do I eliminate this fear of paring down? But just the things that you've covered now show that once you pare down and focus, there's so much information to dive into on a, on a certain subject matter, whether it's getting your truck certification um, or, or helping to mentor people.
1: It really opens up things that wouldn't be open as a general. Sure. And, and in today's day and age, there's so many educational opportunities, right? I mean, you can get on Corsia and you can get on all these other kinds of things and you can take professional grade education in these things. I mean. You know, and and I think that you know when when you when you when people are looking for niches, I mean, how much you can make doing it is important. But I really want to highlight that that t- that's the part that that's the hardest to plan for. That's the part that also just kind of takes care of itself. If you if you choose the, the time that I would tell people is is mission critical is um, is to look for the, the passion to play. I mean, if you I, I, and I, I just actually shared this. Um, uh, Couple of days ago with somebody, so I'll share it with you as well. I've been mentoring somebody for a while on um, on and you know people call me a lot and say I want to be a truck crash lawyer. Well, why do you want to be a truck crash lawyer? Well, oh, you make a ton of money. Okay, well that's the wrong reason. Um, you know I'll help you there too, but that's not the right reason to do it. Do you have any interest in this? I mean before this, what you don't what you don't know, Eric, or maybe you do is, you know, before this, I spent I spent six years as a police officer. I've, I have an accident reconstruction background. I'm, I've been a Highway safety, student and advocate, my whole life. I mean, as a little as a little kid, I was on, I was the little safety patrol guy on the school bus, you know, wearing that little orange thing, you know, and told everybody yeah. else to sit down. And I was getting yelled at by the by the uh, bus driver for asking questions like, "Why don't we have seatbelts on school buses?" Sit down, kid, you know. But so my whole life has been about safety. So it's no wonder that this is my niche. I mean, I feel like I'm in my calling. So it's much better to succeed. And I believe it's much easier to go to someone like you who's gonna be my marketing person, and for you to help me succeed if I'm following my passion. There's something about that at the energy level that just translates. I mean, it just comes out. I mean, people go, Wow, you're not just a truck crash lawyer. I mean, this is your freaking world. Yes. And so the story I started to say is I had somebody come to me and they were struggling with what to do, what to do, what to do. And we'd gone through several iterations of what that might look like. And one day we sat down to have, have lunch. And, um, and before we get into the subject, he's, he's, a, little, he's a little sad and starts talking to me and he's talking about, and it turns out, again, I won't get into details, but it turns out we start talking about mental health issues and how crappy of a job we do in the United States. Dealing with mental health, and you know, and 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 this guy's—I mean, you're gonna—I'm gonna give away where I'm going here, but this guy's passion was just oozing out of his freaking pores about this subject. And and, uh, so, at one point, he catches me smiling. He goes, "What the hell are you smiling about?" I said, "I think we just found your passion." And he said, "What?" And I said, "What would you think about becoming known as the lawyer?" for people who have mental health issues who get hurt. I mean, those are cases where most other lawyers, they don't want that case. It's a problem for them. I don't, they don't know how to deal with it. We are spending your life loving, figuring out how to deal with this and stepping up for these people. So when, and, he, and I, could, I could just get through what were literally tears. I saw this smile emerging and go, you know what? Do you think this could work? I said, oh, hell yes. And you'll hear about this guy someday, um, you know, as, as he uh, takes that idea, that passion, and now becomes the marketable subject matter expert so that all around his community, people will know if you've got a case who has, that involves a mental health a patient who gets hurt or who has mental health issues, that we all, most of us plaintiffs lawyers, we go, oh crap, you know, I gotta deal with this. How do I deal with this? he's going to say send that to me i know how to deal with that i want to deal with that, that guy's yeah to so the answer was front. right
0: there in front of him but he he was looking at other things he was saying well what's going to make what's going to be more lucrative or how do i find this what what would be a good niche not realizing that what he was passionate about passionate about could directly translate into his skill set of of
1: being a lawyer and he had both in one he had this, exactly this, this and i think that, i think that's true for everybody the challenge in life is finding and it's not easy. I'm not gonna, you know, he and that's why, you know, sort of that old saying of iron sharpens iron. I think you have to have a you have to have a cohort. I almost said a mentor. And in some cases, I'm a mentor, but in a lot of cases I'm viewed as the mentor, but I sometimes feel like the mentee because I learned so much from the people I'm supposed to be mentoring. It really is a two, a two-way street. And so having people in your life who you can bounce these ideas off of and say, you know. Go to the people in your life and say, What do you think I'm passionate about? I mean, we're blind to that because we're yeah. in it. we're so close yeah. to it that you can't see, but you know you have friends if i if 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 you and I sat and talked for a while we'd we'd figure out some of the same people we know, and I could ask you, What's that guy passionate about or what's that lady passionate about? and you go, let me tell you about that guy you know, yeah. and they can't see it in themselves, so sometimes it helps to have a mirror raised to you and um And uh, so, you know, you're you're the person who cares about this. I mean, and we've all had personal life experiences slash challenges, right? I mean, uh, some of us have had, you know, kids who are addicts um, or or kids who are no longer on this earth. Um, We've lost people in certain ways. We've suffered X kind of pain. We've suffered X kind of anxieties, whatever those things are. if you're willing to go there, and you're willing to say, "Gosh, I maybe the whole reason that I suffered that is so that I can be available in this capacity as an attorney for other people who have suffered that." Maybe that's my whole purpose in life. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm waxing philosophical here, but yeah.
0: No, that. I think it it makes sense. There's, I mean, there's these stories about. You know, a parent whose child was diagnosed with some rare disease and, you know, the, the physicians kind of throw up their hands. But because the parent is so passionate about helping their child, they actually help to discover, you know, things and uh, maybe some type of, of not a cure, but some type of remedy that will help their own child because they are so passionate about it. And they'll do kind of the thing that, that you would said. They'll just dive into the information. I remember, and you know, this was a movie, but based on a true story, Lorenzo's Oil. I don't know if you ever saw that. But uh, Nick Nolte, you know, is the father, and he goes in, and and because it, he was that became his life, he was able to become the a you know a conduit to helping come up with you know a cure for this this rare disease
1: that his son had. Well, and, and, I, and I think that, that in law, that can take a lot of forms. I mean, I, I, I feel, and again, I'm not trying to tout my own, my own horn here, but I know that I've made a difference in how truck cases are handled in the United States because I've taught hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lawyers um, you know, how to do this better and taking the stuff that I studied and learned and I, I put it out in the world so others could learn and learn from it. The, the the idea was to to truly not just say, I care about highway safety, but I care about my own pocketbook more. You know, I mean, I'm going to, and I, I, people who know me, who see me teach, you know, know that I don't hold anything back. I mean, if I've got secret sauce, it's not secret for long because mm-hmm. it, it gets spread out so that it can be used, you know, as effectively as possible in the world. But I, th- I think that that at the end of the day, it's what it's the best. It's such a great way to practice law. If you know if people who do niche down, if you find your passion, do it. It's not like you don't dread getting up in the morning, you know. And 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 other than that, I know a lot of lawyers who unfortunately do. They dread getting up and going back into the fight. Um, it's a great feeling when you know that you're affecting things in a positive way. Maybe it's one case at a time because of your 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 traditional you know lawyer, or maybe it's by industry, um, because of the the, the stuff that you helped, you know, create, but I love your, your analogy. And I think I'm trying to be a living example of that, both in terms of the changes that you can have and also on the individual basis, you know, whether we want to be or not, I think you'll agree with me, Eric, and we're just getting to know each other, but I know you're my kind of people. Um, I think you'll agree with me, you know, whether, whether you, want to be or not you're a model out there in the world to other people what you do is witnessed. sometimes on camera you wish it wasn't (laughs) sometimes whether it is or not somebody's watching you It might be your kid it might be the, the colleague down the hall it might be someone you never ever met but they see the way you treat somebody else they see your passion and it affects them and I could tell you lots of stories how that's happened in my life. And, and so I, I just try to remind myself, and I think that you know, this, this um, discussion about niching, for some reason, is bringing that up. You know, you can, it's partly, it's, it's to find something that allows you to be the best human you can be. And in this case, also at the same time, be the best lawyer you can be. And those don't have to be mutually exclusive. And when they are able to come together, it's magic what happens. And the fear that you talked about—it doesn't go away. It, you know, courage is not the absence of fear. Uh, Fearlessness is different than courage, right? I mean, courage is stepping in despite the fear, and being willing to take a step in faith and say that I'm going to do this, and I'm gonna, and I'm going to trust that I'm bringing something good to the world. Um, And you know. There, People will look at you funny and they'll think, they'll say you're crazy. And then when they do hear my voice saying, you're probably on the right track. Yeah. So right. People, people are telling you you're nuts. You're probably on the right track.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, and I think it's, it's really becoming more of an expectation. So if you were to just remove law, you know, and you go into the medical field, You know, if you're going to have a shoulder surgery or you're going to have, you know, an eye surgery, you you don't want to go to the doctor who, you know, did a knee and then, you know, the other day did, you know, uh, a surgery on the kidney. You want someone who does shoulders every single day and that's going to resonate the same. If you have a car, like you want to go to the person who always works on Hondas or Audis or Mercedes, because you're just going to feel that person has such a better understanding and they're gonna be able to shortcut provide a better service. So just, and not that I'm a subject matter expert in a lot of things, but I think there's just a really good satisfying feeling when somebody comes to you and you're able to provide them answers, even if it took you years and years to gain that knowledge. To be able to share something with uh, with a colleague of yours, or be able to present something in a courtroom, or you know, in a in a speech that you give, something about being an expert where people are willing to listen to your advice on something. I think, like you said, the money will come, but having that is is a is a true, genuine feeling that you will get of of
1: satisfaction, job if, satisfaction, money me-
0: satisfaction.
1: You're, you're you're so right, and I can't emphasize it. Put an exclamation points and everything you just said. And, and you know, there, I, part of what happens is you you have a different kind of credibility in the world. I mean, I, I get on airplanes every week, and I'm in, I, I've am i handled cases in over 40 states. But when I go into a case, and the very, very first time I'm in front of a judge, in Timbuk 3, wherever it is, that judge is going to already have known, somehow they're going to say, well, Mr. Freed, I know that you're the trucker. And you know, I know judges talk, so do adjusters, so do insurance companies, so do other lawyers. They're all talking at various conferences about each other and comparing notes and doing all those kind of things. But if you if you if you're not full of crap and you really do become that that subject matter expert and you present, you you honestly put yourself in the world that way, magical things happen. And uh, and it's hard to put a finger on all of them, but it, but it has to do with this broad-based credibility. It helps you get cases. It helps you maximize the value of cases. It helps you say no to cases. It helps you say, no, this is not advancing the big picture in the right way. This case is not going to, it might make me a dollar, but it's more important that I'm in this game. This this. I'm going to have a bigger impact by not doing this case than by doing this case. Uh, and, and the world is increasingly small, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you you expect, the more you niche down, the smaller the world becomes. Now you're in rarefied error, so to speak. So you can be one of you might be one of five lawyers across the United States who concentrate on X. And, you know, I hope if you are that you befriend the others and don't look at them as much as, compet- as competition, they are that, but look at them as co-soldiers in your, whatever your march is, and team up with them and learn from each other and share with each other. And at the end of the day, the world will be better and so will you, And what you do.
0: Now, just uh, one last question. So I think you've done a really good job of, of kind of laying out the reasons to, uh, you know, pare down, uh, it's it's fearful there's going to be some uh, hurdles along the way. Anything that you could say to somebody that, you know, if there's a, a young lawyer out there or a lawyer who's been really diversified and they're they're just haven't been able to find their niche of one, how to find it, which we already addressed would be the passion. But then what might be the expectation, like from a time perspective, like, hey, you're going to have to dive in. Don't expect, you know, two weeks from now to all of a sudden be the. DUI king or the you know slip and fall king. Any expectations it, cause you've yeah. redefined yourself three times now. What what was
1: that like each time to yeah, it becomes to easier? It becomes easier each time because you because you you've pre-addressed some of those fears you talked about, right? The first thing I have to say about the fear piece, one one last thing I'll say about it is you're just gonna have to act with that fear in place and trust that you'll get through it and trust that that fear is trying to stop you from doing this, which is exactly why you ought to do it. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but you just have to step into, into it. It's one of those, if you build it, they will come. And the more def- decisive you are in that, the shorter the span. What people do is to address fear. What they do is say, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start to transition. And that's a 10-year project that never ends, right? Right. As opposed to, I'm going to burn that freaking bridge behind my last step that I just stepped off. I mean, when I stopped doing auto products cases, I knew I knew from my world that the world would test me. And literally, the day after I I um, decided I'm going to do truck only cases, I got two phone calls in the same day of product liability cases, each one of which would have undoubtedly been a million dollar plus. Uh, Fee to me had I taken the cases, and I said no, no, thank you. And then I like went and said, "Holy smokes, I can't believe I just said that." And I went home and I debated, not even telling my wife that I'd said no. I was in a bad mood. I was questioning myself. So, so don't think you're the only person who this happens to. And then beyond that, I think you concentrate on. It's not that my advice would be. Don't concentrate on money at the beginning, right? Uh, For when I became tr- did, decided to do truck cases, I had zero truck cases on the day I made that decision, not one. Um, I made a decision early on that I didn't care if I was going to make money on the first number of cases. I just needed my name associated with truck cases. I was calling people up saying, put me on your pleadings with you. I'll do all this work. I don't even care if you pay me. I just want everywhere that anybody looks to see my name associated with truck's. I I started reading about trucking, learning about trucking. I went to truck driving school. Like I told you, I I started writing about how truck cases are different. I started reaching out to continuing education places and saying, I want to come teach people how to do trucking cases differently. Uh, I, I ultimately started an organization called the Academy of Truck Accident Attorneys where we've got About 800 lawyers across the country who are, it's a nonprofit. I'm not trying to make a penny from the organization. The money will take care of itself. Just just concentrate on becoming everywhere anybody looks. You're doing something in that field. And then I honestly think it takes about, you know, it it depends how how much you're willing to burn the bridge behind you. Because if you're doing the more other things you're doing, you're detracting from the real message of this is who you are. When a friend of mine decided that he wanted to follow in these footsteps, but only do birth trauma cases, he was scared to death. I said, "Start running, running an ad in our in our legal newspaper." It says, "This is all I do. That's all you need to tell people. This is all I do. That says so much when it's the truth." But people will look and see if you're full of crap. If you say I do X, and then they look on your website, and your website says you do everything from aardvarks to uh, zebras, the incongruence makes you not only not a niche player, but someone who's kind of lying about it. And that that whole credibility boost that I talked about disappears. So you got to give yourself a window. And the window does depend on what it is you're trying to become known in. How much competition is there in those areas? How unique is this area? Um, And how much you're willing to burn the bridge and say, this is all I do. but you do have to give yourself time. It's not an overnight thing, um, and I, and when I say time, it does depend a lot. But I I would think for about any kind of a niche, it's going to take a couple years to get to where people are really knowing you, and and you want to consciously pick the size of your of your world, right? Are you going to be, you know, I I did not. The more narrowly you draw your subject matter. I think the broader you should consider being your geography to give you success. So when I decided to do trucks, I no longer told people I'm an Atlanta lawyer. You know, I have a law partner who says I'm an Atlanta lawyer. But I tell people from the beginning, it says so I could find my business card right on my business card. It says a national practice dedicated to representing victims of truck crashes. That's it. So I, from the start, part of that niche is to define your geography. Uh, and give yourself time, and associate with other people, get out there and spread the message that this is who you are. To lawyer groups, to consumer groups, to any anybody who will listen, talk to an experienced um, marketing person like you. Get outside the box. Don't do what everybody else is doing. If everybody's doing pay-per-click, don't do pay-per-click. If everybody's doing, you know, we all get into this herd mentality, and a lot of my success is to say, I don't even recognize that that box, not inside the box, outside the box. I'm What box, right? So I'm not saying that I've done it perfectly, but I've been very, very fortunate um, in being able to to pick early early on the niches were niches that people were very happy to send me cases. You know, people were happy to send you birth trauma cases that are hard cases, they're expensive cases. You have to kiss a lot of frogs. People were happy to send me auto products cases where I would regularly pay. 500 to a million dollars to build the case, sometimes you just say it ain't there, you know. Um, but trucking, you know, it was the big, the big fear of my partners at the time was that trucking was something people wouldn't refer because they're sort of viewed as gem cases. So the question, what we had to do is we had to really go through a process of educating people that these cases are not the same as a big car crash case. And so in your field, your whatever you choose, you have to assume the posture of being the professor, the teacher, and teach the world why this is really a niche, why it matters who the lawyer is who's representing you in this niche area. It's not the same as dot, dot, dot. And, and the beautiful part of that is as soon as you start thinking like that, you can compete with anybody, can't you? Because now if you're the person, I mean, take your area and let's just call it ABC because I don't care what it is. And I don't care how how many other people are in ABC. If you take a very unique perspective, you write on it, you develop it, and you start to convince other people to just let you address that in the world, people are going to turn their head to look at you. And they're going to be willing to, they're going to want what you got. And they're not going to want to have spent the kind of effort that you've spent to get there. So that's the that's the I think the science behind why this works is you truly are going to develop, you truly are going to develop new ways to do what everybody else is doing. And by doing that, you are becoming the expert. You're innovating within your field. You're disrupting within your field. And you're doing it with all the best intentions. And I think those, those things work in the world. Yeah, I
0: I think a couple of things that are kind of the key takeaways from my perspective is when you jumped in, you didn't just jump in and say, okay, I've I've declared my niche, give me cases. You gave away your time. You volunteered to do things. You educated yourself on your own. You kind of built your own foundation on your own time and your own dime. And I really like what you said about boxing yourself in or, or burning the bridge. If you think about you know, I I could just think of just random points in my life where I I had no other option. And if you, if you can put that burden on yourself and stick to it, because if you leave yourself an escape door and all of a sudden that call comes in for that product's liability case, or that slip and fall case, you go, oh, that looks so easy to just go
1: out that door. Just do one more. I'll just do one more. I'll just do
0: one more. And that's, you know, another 18 months of your life that you've delayed, you know, this thing that you're really passionate about that could be you know, both lucrative and more fulfilling for you. Yeah. If you can stick to boxing yourself in and not give yourself any other options, the only option is to succeed. And yeah. I think when people do that to themselves, more often than not, they're going to
1: succeed. They do. So one one final piece on that, because, you know, money is one of the big fear points, right? Is, can I wait this out? And so just, uh, this is probably apparent, but I'll say it anyway, is while you're in whatever your other stable job is before you make this up, this commitment to become a new and improved you or a new and improved area, get your financial world as in order as possible. Pay off the things that can be paid off. Um, get yourself as sizable a, a line of credit as possible, not because you wanna use it to t- full, but you want it, it, it becomes the way that you can weather the storm for longer because sometimes it will take longer and the universe will challenge you in this. But if it's if it's truly the um, if it's truly what you're intended to do, you're going to have success like you never dreamed possible, because it's it just becomes an extension of who you are, your passion, your energy. Just, you know, I'm a huge believer in what you put out in the world. You're going to get back. And when you put this out, and you're doing it for the right reasons. It's magical. And I'd love to hear your story. I mean, if you uh, those of you who who listen to this and are willing to share, I love hearing it. And my hope is that you have tremendous and wild success. And then you come on Eric's program and you tell other people how to, how to do that, because um, you will undoubtedly take hopefully what I've said and find your ways to make it yours and to improve upon it for you and whatever niche you choose. And I wish you tremendous success in doing that. But remember to pay it forward. It's a big, it's a big part of the equation. Well, Joe, I really appreciate
0: your time. Uh, I'm sure the audience does as well. Uh, I'll have some links to your website and, and bio information there for anybody who wants to reach out or find out more about you.
1: Uh, I appreciate So thank it.
0: you very much.
1: Thanks a bunch, Eric.